Yeah, um, so I'm uh, Somia and I am a therapist. So um, I am cognitive behaviourally trained by core background, but I do a lot of trauma work now. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm an EMDR therapist um, and I primarily focus on working with people um, that have post-traumatic stress disorder um, and complex traumas. Um, and that's something I've been doing for um, sort of the last five years or so. Um, so, yeah. What was it that took you into trauma as a kind of area of interest? Um, I guess because um, the services that I have worked in, which have predominantly been NHS services, um, we tended to get people with post-traumatic stress disorder come through um, quite a lot. Um, but the training that we had, which was cognitive behavioral therapy, we were finding that it was not, um, it wasn't as effective um, as perhaps we wanted it to be. Um, and so around that time, um, EMDR was sort of, you know, um, quite a buzzword um, about five or six years ago um, in the therapy world, um, although it's been around a lot longer than that, but um, sort of in primary care, NHS services, EMDR was kind of becoming the training to have. Um, and um, yeah, quite a few of my colleagues had been trained already in EMDR and I basically uh, sort of pushed my manager to fund me to go on the training. So um, yeah, um, that's kind of where it came about from just sort of um, having quite complex clients coming through and finding that CBT just wasn't really um, hitting the mark um, as much as we wanted it to. It's, um, it's yeah. interesting to be honest, because with, so I, 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 I told my I was talking to my mum about doing these these episodes. She was asking how we were getting on. And um I told her we were doing one on EMDR and she said that she'd she'd had EMDR therapy um a few years back when a friend of hers who was doing the training and needed people to um almost like guinea pig basically for his oh, for his training. Yeah. And yeah. um, and she said at the time, my mum's a, a pharmacist, and and okay. so at the time she was like, oh, this is nonsense. It's not going to work for me. I, but you know, he's a friend. I'll do it for him, kind of thing. And she said she couldn't believe how well it worked, no. and, and 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 how much yeah. of a, a positive impact it had. So she was quite yeah. enthused that we were doing it as an episode, and it's something that I've been hoping that we would get the chance to 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 do something about. So I'm glad that we're able to. But I suppose for. Yeah. For people who are listening that you might not have heard of EMDR or, or aren't really sure what it is, would you be able to give them an introduction to what it is? Yeah, so um, EMDR basically stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing Therapy. Um, and it basically um, is, it's based on the AIP model, which is the Adaptive processing model basically what that means is that um, everyday experiences that you have they are stored within your um, your existing memory network within your brain um, so just to give you an example of how that works imagine for instance that you in the past have um, you know burnt your hand on a stove or on something hot the next time you go and do that particular activity you're going to be more aware of the fact that there's risks involved with that activity because you've experienced something not so good before. Um, 
So what's happened is that time that you you burnt your hand, that's been stored in your brain's sort of memory network. And you're able to use that to kind of guide you, you know, in future sort of um, situations that might involve a risk similar to that. Does that make sense? It does, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And so what happens is with trauma, um, memories are not stored in the same way um, as that. Um, with trauma, they're too overwhelming for us to, to, for the brain to store them essentially. And so what happens is they become stuck and it's almost like you become frozen in time um, when that trauma took place. And because of that, the, the memory network so, sort of becomes dysfunctional. Um, and what happens is you don't have that updated um, memory to kind of guide it in a way. So again, to give you an example, Imagine someone has experienced, you know, um, abuse or neglect in early life. So as a child, what happens is that abuse or, or that neglect, the trauma of that um, is not fully processed. Um, they go on to develop trauma and PTSD. And what happens is in the future, what they might find is that situations that are not necessarily related to the trauma but made them feel the same way as the original trauma did. So this could be something as simple as, as sort of small as having an argument with your partner. What happens is that can trigger someone, you know, um, and that can cause them to feel the trauma symptoms that they had maybe 30 or 40 years ago. And the reason for that is because the, the memory network hasn't updated to kind of tell you that actually this incident is pretty separate from what happened to you 30 years ago. And EMDR, what it does is it helps you to be able to merge the two um, so that you're updating that memory and you're able to kind of tell yourself, well, this happened 30 years ago, this argument with my partner is not the same as, as what happened back then. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting really, because one of my questions was around you know, around EMDR being a fairly sort of modern thing, but you've kind of sort of said mentioned that it, it it's not so modern. Where did the, the what are the origins of it is as a therapy technique? So EMDR is um, it was basically developed by um, a psychologist called Francine Shapiro, um, and we're, we're going back to like the nineteen eighties now, um, which is when it was first sort of um, discovered, if you like. And there's quite a lot of stories around how initially it was used for veterans um, in the Vietnam War, I think it might have been. Um, she's American, by the way, Shapiro. Um, and um, it, it was used um, initially as a treatment for veterans. Um, and what happened is Shapiro realized that eye movements um, seemed to kind of help with the processing of these veterans trauma and that's kind of where it's come from really so in the sense that it, it when i said earlier that you know five years ago it was a buzzword for for us in the therapy sort of sector it's been around for a lot longer than that and actually it has got a pretty strong evidence base as well um i know that you you the questions that you sent over to me that was one of the things that you yeah. wanted me to mention but yeah, it, it does have an evidence base and a lot of studies have been done which have shown its efficacy. It's interesting, you know, because 
yeah, that was one of the things I was I was I was wanting to ask, and it it's the type of thing I would imagine that there would be some people who would be listening who'd maybe view it as maybe pseudoscience, but as mm. you've said, it is evidence based, and I guess mm. with regards to trauma, I was reading something quite recently around PTSD, and I think you know you you've mentioned sort of soldiers and, and and veterans from the Vietnam War then, and I think for a lot of people when they hear PTSD, yeah. their first thought is soldiers, but yeah. they, do you think? The reason why maybe something like EMDR and, 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 and PTSD maybe more broadly is becoming more into the public consciousness because we're people are thinking about it maybe more differently than just soldiers and just war and, and, and looking more broadly at trauma. Yeah, um, you're right, absolutely, that there's uh, this sort of stereotypical view, isn't there, that PTSD um, is what veterans experience. And I think typically that's kind of what we've been shown you know like maybe in the media and you know like um in the news and things like that um it had been quite a big um a big sort of thing um and i know nhs and and mental health services did uh, target a lot of their services around veterans um especially sort of after the iraq war as well i think it sort of um was a bit more high on the agenda and so there is this stereotypical view that yeah ptsd and trauma is things that soldiers and veterans go through and you know that's absolutely correct you know um it is but actually um our understanding of trauma is changing a lot and actually the last maybe 20 or 30 years um a lot has changed in the PTSD trauma world um, to sort of incorporate a lot of things um, that can cause trauma for people. So now our understanding of trauma is around it kind of being a nervous system reaction to anything really that was significant for you. So um, I talk a lot about um, on my sort of social media networks um, around the difference between sort of like PTSD and complex PTSD. And um, that's something that, like I said, over the last 20 and 30 years has been sort of uh, researched a lot more and a lot more is coming out around other things that trauma can be uh, aside from um, veterans and sort of war related situations. And then I suppose the next question would be, and, and it's kind of two parts really, mm. who, who, who would most benefit from EDR therapy and and if I was someone, you know, if, if someone who's listening who was gonna go for EMDR, what would what would they expect? What should they expect going into it? Okay. Um well you know what? Absolutely anybody can benefit from EMDR. I don't think that there's anybody who um I've met in my sort of five or six years of of doing EMDR that hasn't benefited from it. Um, EMDR is becoming um, a therapy that actually is useful for a lot of different uh, disorders now. So, um, yeah, typically it's used for PTSD and trauma, but actually um, research and, and sort of um, studies have been done, which have shown that it's actually, um, you know, effective for a lot of other things as well, like, for instance, depression, anxiety, chronic um, pain um, and sort of like long term conditions. Um, so. In that, in that sense, I would say that absolutely anybody could benefit from um, EMDR. Um, the, the, the positive thing about EMDR is if you're coming to EMDR for PTSD or trauma, the benefit of that over other sort of trauma therapies is that you don't have to talk about your trauma in detail, um, which I know a lot of people 
do struggle with with other sort of forms of, of trauma therapy where you might have to go into a lot of detail as to what happened to you but with EMDR you don't have to do that and so I think for that reason it would benefit pretty much anybody I would say. And in terms of somebody who was say approaching EMDR or you know they would they've been referred for it or whatever it might be how would it look what would it feel like to, to somebody going into it? Um, okay well I mean, EMDR is done in various stages. Uh, so you don't, you wouldn't sort of go into your trauma at the first meeting. Um, so for anybody who might be a little bit worried that, you know, you're going to be opening up stuff at the very first session, that's not how EMDR is done. So EMDR is done um, in eight different stages. Um, so the first stage is usually the assessment phase. Um, and that can take quite a few sessions, actually, Um because there's a lot of stuff to gather, a lot of information that your therapist will want to gather in those initial assessment sessions. And so, you know, a lot of it is around what, you know, what's uh, troubling you. It's looking at your, pre your present um, day difficulties. Um, you might talk a little bit about your past in those first sessions, but you're not going to go into any sort of processing of any trauma in those um, initial sessions. You're sort of laying the foundations, I guess. Um, and then, sort of you move on then to like stabilization, which is from an EMDR perspective is sort of like helping you to develop techniques and strategies to kind of help ground you when you are feeling distressed or anxious. So a lot of the initial phases of EMDR are actually um, just information gathering and helping people to develop sort of internal resources and internal strategies to kind of help them um, manage their symptoms and their anxiety. Um, so just to give you an example um, of some of the techniques that I might do with people in that sort of stabilization phase, you'd be looking at like breathing techniques, you might look at sort of safe place imagery work that you might do with people, and, and you'd be getting people to really practice this stuff, and you'd only really move on to working with any trauma once you felt that your client was stabilized enough. So going into an EMDR therapy sort of um you know a course of therapy um with EMDR it, it, it like I said it's quite um it, it's it's quite stable in the initial sort of sessions and you know it's very structured um your therapist will kind of lay out the different phases for you and your therapist is there with you every every step of the way really um you're not alone so you know hopefully that will encourage people to kind of um, you know, uh, find out a little bit more about what EMDR is. Absolutely. And then I suppose, what what sort of outcomes should people expect? You know, what are the type of things that the patients experience and what benefits they get on the on the other side? Um, so from my own experience, um, I would say that I have had pretty much a 100% recovery with people um, that I've treated with EMDR. Um, as I said before, you know, it can be treated, it can be used to treat lots of different uh, disorders, lots of different problems. And, and I've treated people that haven't had trauma with EMDR as well. Um, there isn't any um, major side effects, I'd say, to um, having EMDR. What we do advise people is that, you know, once processing starts, they may notice changes. So for instance, um, changes in the way that they um, are behaving. They might notice changes in the way that they're thinking. 
um, you know, they might have um, dreams are quite common for people to have after they've had an EMDR session. Because the reason is, is that's all part of the brain processing that new information that you've helped to install in someone in a in an EMDR session. So it's kind of the brain working and making sense of things. So I know it can be scary when people have thought of sort of these changes, but actually a lot of them are positive and and it shows that the EMDR is essentially working. So there's no sort of major uh, side effects, I'd say. People might notice changes um, in those areas that I've, I've talked about. Um, and that's something that your therapist will monitor with you every session as well. So if you are having those types of changes, that be assured that your therapist will talk to you about those. Um, and then generally, you know, I would say that within the first sort of three or four processing sessions, you do start to notice um, a, a massive difference in how people are feeling in regards to their trauma or their PTSD. And actually, a lot of studies have found that, um, you know, after three sessions, uh, people are relatively um, trauma free. Um, I think there was a study done um, which showed that around 90% of single trauma victims uh, actually benefited after just three appointments, after three EMDR sessions. So, um, yeah, so I, that's something that I found as well that, you know, people have really benefited from, from that. And a lot of the, the way in which I measure that is through asking people to think about their trauma memory. And basically what they find is that it, it almost feels a bit like it's just a distant memory. It doesn't actually bring up any distress for them. And I presume it's, it's is it the type of therapy someone would have one course of, or is it something that people would do regularly? Um, I think really um, one course tends to be enough um, because it's all about that um, updating the memory and it's with, you know, in regards to the AIP model that I talked about earlier. So it's about adapting your memory network and updating it. And so usually one course will be enough. Um, however, people do come back sometimes for some top-up sessions, um, maybe one or two uh, in the future, sort of later down the line. I have to say though, that up to now, I've not, I've not had anybody who's come back to me and said, I need a top-up session or I need um, another course of EMDR. Um, and I have always left it open to my patients at the end of the EMDR therapy that, you know, if you do feel that you need to come back in the future, for um, sort of booster sessions or for another course, then just feel free to get in touch with me. And I have to say that up till up until now, I've never had anybody who's felt that they needed to come back. And then finally, for anyone who's who's listening, who might be considering sort of professional therapy for their mental health of, of any kind, and you know, again with 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 EMDR as well, what sort of what would your kind of one piece of advice be to somebody in that position? Um. I think what I would say is that you're not alone. Um, I know that mental health can feel like quite a lonely place. Um, but yeah, you're not alone. There's a lot of support out there for you, um, whether it's in the form of your GP or other sort of mental health professionals um, services. Um, there's a lot out there, um, a lot of support out there, voluntary organizations as well. Um, you know, so you're not alone. And, you know, it's good to talk about you know, the things that are troubling you. Um, even if you don't want to go to therapy, just sort of talking about it can help. And there's a lot of voluntary services that 
you know, are there to listen to you and to kind of talk to you and help you sort of make sense of things. And so for me, my sort of one piece would be that really that, you know, there's a lot of support, you're not alone. There's people here that are wanting to help you, you know, that's what we're here for. And all we are is just a sort of phone call away or a referral away, if you like. Um, so yeah, um, just kind of encouraging anybody to, you know, reach out, um, even if it is just to the voluntary organisations to start with, just to kind of talk about what they're experiencing, um, which, you know, will be helpful. Absolutely. So Mia, thank you so much for, for your time this evening. It's been uh, it's been really enjoyable speaking to you and yeah, you. learning a little bit more about EMDR. Yeah, well, thank you for inviting me. You know, I'm always sort of happy to talk about the work that I do. And, you know, even if it encourages one person, you know, to kind of get get help, then then it's been worth it, hasn't it? Thank you for listening to today's episode and thank you for joining us on all seven of the episodes that we put together for Mental Health Awareness Week as part of the Your Worth Taken Care Of series. And if you'd like to find out more about Man Marking, you can find us on Twitter at Marking underscore Man. And don't forget to use those hashtags, Where's the Talking Lads and Your Worth Taken Care Of. If you'd like any further information about any of the organisations or any of the individuals that we've featured this week or any of the treatments, then you can slide into our DMs by all means and drop us a message. If you want to find out more about Somia, then you can head over to her Twitter, which is at CBT Therapy UK. She's also on Instagram, which is at underscore the psychotherapist. And she's also on TikTok, which is at underscore the underscore trauma underscore therapist. Or you can go over to her website, cbttherapyuk.com. We'll be back tomorrow with an interview with Chris Hall, founder of the Burnt Chef Project. And it's sort of really good timing for us this episode because the 17th of May is the next date on the roadmap out of lockdown. So I'm sure there'll be plenty of you with restaurants booked, pubs booked, whatever it is that you want to go out and do and enjoy yourself. So hopefully this episode is a lovely accompaniment to to that uh, next phase of the lockdown exit if you've enjoyed today's episode or any of our others then as usual i'd encourage you to head over to apple Podcasts or whatever else you get your podcasts give us a like give us a subscribe give us a review it just really helps us to reach more listeners and grow the podcast thanks again for your support and yeah you're worth taking care of 